You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hi, everybody. Welcome to your superpowered mind. This is Kristen Maxwell. And in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Our guest today is Michelle Lyman. And Michelle is this really cool combination of yoga uh, studio owner and teacher, and also the founder of a business called The Path to Serenity, where she helps professional women find relief from anxiety. And we're going to go a little bit into some of Michelle's background as I ask her questions, because it it definitely relates. But uh, Michelle was uh, in a corporate position and also balancing yoga and decided to to quit her corporate position to go really into her love of yoga and also into helping others with depression and anxiety, which is something that she herself had struggled with. So Michelle, welcome to your superpowered mind. Ah, oh, thanks, Kristen. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm happy to. I can't wait to ask you some questions because <laughs> I think depression and anxiety are are rampant, um, and really having lived with anxiety myself, the difference between being anxious and not being anxious, it, it well, obviously it changes the color of your whole life. Correct. Absolutely. And in the world we live in right now, a lot of folks are struggling with anxiety. There's a lot of things pulling us away from our own true selves, I think, and we're really focused externally right now. And so um, it's really important to be mindful of that, that the external sources can definitely pull us away from our internal growth. Yes. And I can't, I definitely can't wait to go into all of that. Yeah, let's do it. My, my first question always is what superpower did you uncover as a result of mastering your mind? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, I would have to say that my superpower is having the ability to um, pull back and be that non-judging witness and being able to kind of separate my true self from my thoughts. And so being able to recognize that my thoughts are just that, they're just thoughts, and they don't actually represent who I am as a person, as my true self. A lot of people have a hard time with that. So that might take a second to digest a minute. <laughs> yes. And it's, it is such an interesting idea of there, we have our thoughts and then we're also the observer of our thoughts. And so yet we're not our thoughts. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you came to discover, you know, to begin to see your thoughts as being separate from your true self. Sure. Um, Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I started playing, started playing, I started practicing yoga, um, probably, oh gosh, in 2000. So a good 18, 19 years ago. And at the time, it was really all about just the movement. It was about getting into the postures, 
um, feeling good in my body. I was treating it like a fitness program. I had just come from doing lots of step aerobics and things. So it was more about the, the body. Um, and then at some point, it kind of shifted into, okay, what am I learning on the mat that I can then take off the mat? So things that would I notice. So if I got into a difficult yoga posture and the teacher suggested that we take a deep breath and settle into the posture instead of getting anxious about the posture, I recognize like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. I can actually, you know, feel I can stay in this pose a little longer. And then recognize when I got to work and there was a meeting going on that I was very uncomfortable with, I could actually take that breath there too and go, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I can apply these tools outside of the yoga studio and I can actually remain calm and balanced during a stressful work situation. So that's kind of how it started. And then I started getting really intrigued and became a, a yoga teacher. I did my training and taught for many, many years. But I think when it really started to connect for me was when I read um, Michael Singer's books. So he has two books out right now. And of course, the names of them are escaping me at the moment. But I can definitely get the titles for you in a second. Um, and he talks specifically about this concept of kind of being able to separate your true self from your thoughts. And how, if you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, I think he says in his book, then what your voice, the voice you're hearing in your head that's saying, I don't know what she's saying, that's actually what I'm talking about. So it's the witness who's able to hear that thought, if you will. And so when I read his books, and I started to continue down my yoga journey and my yoga training journey, it was kind of like, it all kind of came together like, whoa, how, okay, so I have control over my thoughts? This is crazy. Well, I don't have control over them per se, but I have control over whether or not I engage with them. And that's really um, the interesting part is to really take that seat of the witness, that non-judging awareness, because it's really important not only to just see the thoughts, but also not to judge them. Because our thoughts are going to come up and they're going to be wild and they're going to be crazy. They're going to they're be really out there. And so instead of beating myself up for having the thoughts, it's like, oh, okay, I just, I just have a thought on that. That's okay. And then doing something else to maybe bring myself to the present moment so that I don't get caught up in that thought. And those are some of the tips and tricks that I teach. You know, you can do breathing, you can do meditation, those kinds of things. Wow. Um, yeah, go ahead. Well, that's, it's really interesting. And it's, as you talk about this, and I really want to go into sort of how this played into how you um, learn to deal with your own anxiety and what you do to help other women to handle their own anxiety. What, one of the, I was just going to say that I myself had anxiety for decades. And one of the things I had to really learn is I have these thoughts. And just because I'm having the thought doesn't mean it's true. Bingo. That's absolutely it. Um, we spend a lot of time thinking about the past and worrying about what we could have done, what we didn't do right, and beating ourselves up for that. And then worrying about the future, the what ifs. Well, if I make this phone call, what will that do? Or if I don't make dinner the way it's supposed to be made, what will happen? Or you know, if I go to this meeting and this, this, and that happens. A lot of past and a lot of future issues. But none of those things are actually real. 
So the past has already happened and the future hasn't even occurred yet. And so if you can really step back and go, oh, wait a minute, like the things that I'm thinking about, they aren't happening right now. What's happening right now is the present moment. And in the present moment, I am currently doing X. So I could be washing the dishes. I could be brushing my teeth. I could be um, blow drying my hair or getting dressed or driving the car. So it's really about recognizing, oh, I'm caught in thought. I'm caught, I'm caught thinking about something that isn't actually happening. Right now, what I'm doing is what's happening. And usually, the tools that I teach my, my, my professional women who come to the program, I tell them that the only thing you have in the present moment is the breath. And so it's a deep breath in and a deep breath out to bring you right back bring your awareness right back to that present moment so that you can kind of go, okay, what, what I'm thinking about isn't really true. It's not really happening right now. What's happening right now is I'm breathing. Right. Wow. This is, this is great. And I actually, I have about a trillion questions for you because <laughs> I'm wondering about what, what you do and we can't go to it now because we have to take a break about what you do. If, you are starting to, you're panicking because you're on a plane and say you hate being on a plane, but hold that question. Okay. <laughs> um, can you tell everybody where they can find, learn more about you and your work? Sure, absolutely. So my, um, my program right now is online. So it's specifically for professional women who struggle with anxiety. Um, and the website there is thepathtoserenity.com. And on there, they can find a, a free webinar um, that they can watch to learn more tips and tricks. There's a blog and there's also a couple of other resources on that website. Great. Thank you. We are going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk some more about find your balance, overcoming anxiety with yoga. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer -peer learning, intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Your Superpowered Mind, and we are talking today to Michelle Lyman about overcoming anxiety. And so... I'm actually going, where did you, how, how did you get over your own anxiety? Tell us a little bit about that path. <laughs> oh, you know that everyone always says that to me. It's like, oh, how did you get rid of your anxiety? I didn't. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's, let's be real. So um, I am still hardwired to be quite an anxious person. Mm -hmm. um, but what I think I did do was I gained control over it. So the way I like to describe it is when anxiety is in control, it's driving the car for you. And you're just along for the ride. 
right? So wherever anxiety takes you, you're in the car, you're going up and down hills, you're, you're reacting to things, you're, you're, you know, you, you almost feel like, oh my gosh, I can't get control, right? I'm, I'm just taken over by my thoughts and my emotions and my feelings. Um, but what I try to do is I try to bring anxiety along with me, but I drive the car. So I always have it in the back seat. It's always there telling me stuff, but I try to make sure that I keep my thoughts in check. Um, and there's lots of different tools and tricks that I do to, to manage that. <laughs> but, um, and I can share those with you. Happy to. Um, but that's really the thing is that, you know, a lot of people, they call me and they say, oh, Michelle, I just want to get rid of my anxiety. I just want it to stop. And I totally get that because I did too. But I think when I came to terms with, you know what, I'm not going to not be an anxious person. I'm still going to be who I am. I'm still going to have the hardwired thoughts that I have. The thoughts aren't going to go away. It's just my relationship to them that I'm going to change. Wow. That's power. That's very powerful. And um, I would love to hear, and it's very interesting because actually this, I really want to talk to about you, but I having been anxious for so long, I actually feel like what I did was I learned how not to have the thoughts as often. Mm. I think I'd hardwired myself so that every thought was always, oh my gosh, I'm going to die or my family's going to die. That's where my anxiety always went. And mm. I learned how to, how to um, maybe form different tracks in my brain so that I didn't go down that pathway any long. But I would love to, how do, you, how do you keep your thoughts in check when you do have them? Because I still do, right, exactly, have the anxiety that comes up sometimes. Yeah, when and I think that's, that's a very, what you, you know, Kristen, what you've done is, is definitely wonderful work and, and also very powerful. It's to basically take the tracks that we think of, um, you know, our patterns are our patterns of over many, many years, and just rewire the brain. And that's absolutely possible. Um, I guess what I'm offering is something similar, but a, but a slightly bit different. Is a, It's got a little bit more of a, um, I want to use the word compassionate perspective mm, yes. of it. It's like I need to change who I am. I just need to recognize that what I'm thinking is not who I am. So um, this is going to sound a little wild, but the way I go about doing it, and and this actually came, this originated with, um, one of my uh, one of my life coach uh, leadership development coaches. Her name is Catherine Golib. She runs the Core Brilliance Academy um, out here in Western Mass, where I live. And Catherine actually helped tap helped me tap into my intuition when I first started working with her a couple years ago. I was trying to decide whether to stay in corporate or to move on and try this yoga thing full time. And so, as she helped me tap into my intuition we started to talk about, you know, what gets in the way. And I always would tell her like, well, I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm smart enough. There's so many people out there that are better at this than me. And she said, well, do you recognize those as just thoughts? And I said, well, oh, well, yeah, I guess so. And she said, well, why don't we give those a name? Why don't we give that, why don't we give that character, that habit that you have here a name? And so I call her the judge. And so I'm able to kind of recognize when the judge is speaking because I label it as such. So when I have a thought like, oh man, I, you know, I shouldn't, Kristen shouldn't be interviewing me. I don't know anything. 
I go, oh, that's just the judge talking. Okay, thanks, judge. I'm good. I actually got this. So I kind of separate myself, if you will, by giving the 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 thought, or in um, in uh, in some in some worlds we call them in our meditation. Um, some folks call it the demons, right? It's like the demons, or everybody has a different name for it—the gremlins, what have you—that um, we have in our minds, right? These little characters, these little parts of us that were created. Um, they were created for a purpose, you know. Um, Johnny comes home from school when he's got a social studies exam and he gets a B plus and he brings it home to dad and says, dad, oh my gosh, I got a B plus. This is so exciting. And dad looks at the test and goes, "Mm, why didn't you get an A? So Johnny immediately feels disappointed and he immediately feels terrible. And it's an unpleasant feeling. You know, it's like, oh gosh, that really hurts. I never want to feel that way again. And so instantly without Johnny even knowing Johnny's character of Mr. Perfection comes on board and says, well, you know what? I'm going to make sure you never do anything wrong again and that you do everything perfectly so that you never have to feel this disappointment again. And so that's kind of what it's all about. It's about kind of digging in and going, oh, this judge is here because she's helping me with something, right? She was created for protection. I don't know what it is, but she was created to protect me in some way. And so when I recognize it as the judge, I'm able to separate myself a little bit more from it. And as I've dug deeper, I actually have, um, <laughs> I have lots of different names for all of the different voices and all of the different characters that have been created, which might make me sound like I have multiple personalities. <laughs> and if anybody were to actually ever listen to some of the conversations I have about these folks, they'd be like, oh my gosh, get her, get her to a psych ward. But it's really, really helpful for me to go, oh, that's just, you know, oh, that's just my teenager talking. No big deal. Right. So instead of me thinking about it as myself, I just kind of identify it as um, as the teen or the teenager or the whoever. There's lots of different ones. Yes. Oh, I love that. That is really of a, a great way to think about and to also really start to notice what it is, the kinds of thoughts that you're having. Yes. And that's it. That's the key. Right. So the key is to go like, wow, I keep saying to myself, like, Oh man, I'm super, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm super depressed today and it's just like this beating up situation where it's over and over and over again. It's like who what are what are these thoughts and who who is saying them and where a lot my teacher Jonathan Faust always says when you dig in and you start to hear and observe your thoughts, a really 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 great question to ask is how old do you feel when you're feel when you're having this thought? Like how old do you feel? And a lot of the time you might bring yourself right back to, you know, a child. You might be like, oh, I feel like a child. Or that's how I discovered my teenager. It was like, oh, I feel like I'm a teenager for heaven's sakes. So it's like, oh, it's, oh, it's my teenager. Oh, right. Okay, sure. What was I doing in my teen years that caused me to have these kind of thoughts? Oh, now I see. Okay. And then from the, you know, I'm 40, I'm almost 43. So the 43 year old goes, okay, teenager, like, well, let's have a conversation. You know, you don't actually have to worry about this, that, or the other thing. This is how we can look at it now from, you know, taking from the perspective of now and how can I help that teen through whatever the issue is that she's having. Ah, that's great. So you bring, so you're bringing sort of the part of you that's sort of stuck in the teen. I call that for me in my voice. It's like, I'm having a temper tantrum. That's yep. That's mm-hmm. for me. That's what I, how it comes up. But then you're able to talk 
talk to that voice with, it sounds like with the part of you that's um, mature and the part of you that's maybe you're really you. Like, Correct. You yeah. Know, the part that maybe you want to align with more. How's that? <laughs> right. It's the part that has experienced life. You know, it's the part that goes like, oh, sister, you got nothing to worry about. Like, yeah, I hear you're worried, but you know, you're 16. Like, it's okay. Lots of things are going to happen that are awesome. And you don't have to hold on to this feeling anymore. Um, yeah, it's the part of, it's the part of me that goes like, it's like the, it's like almost trying to reparent myself, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, and just kind of tell that little person inside, like, we got this, you know, you don't have to worry. That's great. Mm. So what do, what do you do? I mean, I think that's really interesting what you were saying. So, you know, how old do you feel when you're having this thought? I guess one of the things I wonder is when, when people are feeling sad, like I'm just sad right now and that makes them anxious. I think it's probably like, I'm going to be sad forever is probably the underlying thought that's underneath it. Like, how do you talk people through something like that? Yeah. Um, Absolutely great question. So the first thing I, I usually try to tell folks is that um, it's okay to have the feelings you're having. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of the time we get caught up in, oh my gosh, I have an unpleasant feeling going on, whether it's sad or anxious or worried or whatever the case may be, and I need to stop it because it's uncomfortable and it's unpleasant and no one wants to be around a person who's sad and meh, you know, and so it's like, you know what, <laughs> get over it because you can be sad and that's okay. So the first thing I try to recognize is that, you know, it's okay to feel the feelings. It's okay to have them. Um, however, we also want to make sure that we are balanced. And so, you know, feeling the feeling is usually the first key in letting it go because sometimes the feeling just wants to be seen or heard. And so if you're just feeling sad, sometimes just having a day where you're just sad is kind of cool because on the other side of it, you actually feel a little bit better because you let it process. It processed through energetically through your body. And so you kind of come out the other side going like, oh, all right, I don't really feel as sad anymore. However, there's also a point where like you're talking about, it's like, oh my God, I'm going to be sad forever. That's where I would actually say, okay. What are you doing in the present moment? What's the present moment bringing you right now? So the very first trick is to go, that's just a thought. I'm going to be sad forever. That's just a thought. You got it. It's almost like snapping a rubber band on your wrist and it takes practice. Trust me. Mm -hmm. I'm still practicing every day, but it's like snapping the rubber band on your wrist and going, okay, that's just a thought. The very next step is what am I doing right now? And my, um, for my folks that are just playing with this concept, it's the breath. You have to bring your awareness right back to that breath. And I usually have them do a really deep three-part breath, which is where you breathe really low into the lungs with your diaphragm. So the diaphragm drops down and you inhale and the belly expands out and the ribs expand, the chest rises up, and then you exhale and you let all that go. And you do that three times. And usually at the end of the third time, a couple things have happened. physically your nervous system actually responds. So your nervous system goes, oh, I'm not in danger right now. Oh, okay. And it relaxes. You know, the adrenaline stops getting pumped out. Um, you know, the cortisol gets stopped pumping out and you actually start to feel physically relaxed. And then the other thing is that the mind actually has settled a little bit too. 
And you can usually see a little bit clearer and you can actually make a little bit better of a decision after you have taken these three big deep breaths. And it sounds crazy. Three breaths, really? It's going to change that much? It's amazing what the breath can do because you can control it. So when you choose to control the breath and you choose to slow it down, you can actually feel more grounded and feel more calm almost instantly. Wow, that's incredible. And you are switching your thoughts, even without realizing it, you've switched your thoughts from I'm so sad to here's my breath. And here's what calm feels like. That's great. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you know what it's like, um, uh, Jonathan Faust always talks about, you know, if you're trying, if you've got a glass of muddy water, you can't see through it, right? It's just like this muck. But if you can let it calm, you can actually start to see the, the residue kind of go to the bottom and you can actually see through it. So the idea there is if you're calm, if you calm the mind and you calm the nervous system, when you open your eyes or, you know, whenever the water settles, you'll actually be able to go, oh yeah, those are just thoughts. What am I doing right now? Oh, I'm washing the dishes. Oh, okay. And you can use the five senses to get really clear about what you're doing, right? You can say like, oh, what's the smell of the soap? You know, how does the water feel on my hands? How does the sponge feel in my hand? What is my arm doing to move around this dish? So you really get like how, it's like how intimate can you get with what you're currently doing? And then that really brings you focused into the present moment. And all of a sudden that thought of being, I'm going to be sad for the rest of my life. It's kind of goes on the back burner because really what you're doing is you're just washing the dishes. Mm-hmm. it's crazy it's crazy uh, it is crazy aren't we funny all the debris. it's just <laughs> the things we can pull on ourselves and the stories we can tell ourselves oh it's amazing being human is awesome and also exhausting <laughs> exhausting sometimes yes exactly. exactly so you know one of the things i noticed is that um is you talked about panic attacks on, on your website. So do you have advice for people who I've never actually had a panic attack? Um, I know lots of people do. And uh, so what do you recommend with that? Because that that's where your nervous system is so crazy. Is it the same process? Little different. Um, I mean, yeah, you, well, you know, I shouldn't say that. Um, the things I teach are, I like to always call them my tools. And so the idea is that you come into the program with kind of an empty toolbox at your hip and I fill it up with a whole bunch of different options for you. And you pick the tool that resonates the best. So some folks like, um, you know, movement tools because that helps them in a certain way. And some folks like um, pausing tools. So I shouldn't say that that what I just described wouldn't work. It could work for someone. Um, But what I would recommend is in the middle of a panic attack, um, so it's, uh, this is tricky because that rubber band snapping on the wrist gets a little bit cloudier because you actually think you're having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's the, it's the, re- it's, it's like really trying to get clear about what the hell is going on here. However, what works almost every time is focusing your awareness downward And the reason for that is because energy and awareness are extremely connected. I always say that energy is like the little brother or sibling, little sister or brother that you have that wants to follow you around everywhere, right? So, you know, wherever awareness goes, energy follows. And so if your awareness is up and out, 
um, thinking about things, worrying about the past, worrying about the future, having a panic attack. If you're up there, your energy is going to go right out, right out of your body and fly out too. Mm-hmm. But if you bring your energy, I'm sorry, if you bring your awareness down, specifically down to your feet, and you really focus in, what are my toes doing? What are my legs doing? How am I standing? Your energy goes, oh, where did awareness go? And it zooms right down there too. And there is something very um, powerful about when your energy goes down, you actually start to feel a little bit more grounded and a little bit more like a tethered balloon, like you're, you're grounded to the ground. So when someone's having a panic attack, um, and I have experienced this firsthand, I kind of go, oh my God, okay, what's happening? Ah, my feet. And if I can just remember my feet, my feet, my feet, I immediately bend my knees softly, lower my weight down so that I can kind of bend into my legs a little bit, get a little heavier in the bottom half of my body. And then I zoom my awareness as fast as I can down to my feet. And I wiggle my toes and I feel each toe. And I really, really settle into what are my legs doing? And then if I can, right from that moment, it's like, okay, what's my breath doing? And then I really take those deep, deep, slow, slow breaths. So between those two things, I can usually slow down or stop a panic attack. Wow, that's amazing. And and I, I hear what you're emphasizing, which is that you've got to be able to catch yourself before mm-hmm. you get so far along to even remember that. And that's so funny because it's easy to sit here right now and say, oh, well, I'll just remember my feet. But yeah. when you get into that place of, oh my gosh, I'm not safe. Right. And that's actually, so that's a really great point, um, Kristen, is that these tools are awesome in the moment, right? But what really, really helps, like anything else, like when your car breaks down, you go, oh crap, I got to bring my car into the shop and it gets fixed, right? So there's that. But then you also have to do, you also have to bring your car in for maintenance when it's not broken. It has to go in for maintenance. And so the other thing I tell my clients is that, yes, these tools are awesome in the moment. And you have to practice the meditation techniques. You have to practice the mindfulness techniques. You know, being present while you're washing the dishes. If you do that on a daily basis for seven, eight, nine days, and then you go and have a panic attack, your body is actually going to remember, oh, wait a minute, where's the present moment? And it'll actually kick in for you. It's very, very similar. Like you will start to take the tools that you're doing on a maintenance level right? By doing the meditation practices, by doing the mindfulness and the breathing and by doing the movement too, that will, that will remind your body in those moments to go, Oh wait, I actually know what to do right here. So it's a little bit of both. It's knowing what to do in the moment and also doing the maintenance so that you remember. Right. And practicing. And I love that. And one of the things I also emphasize is when you get to that feeling of peace. So when you're doing your maintenance, Take a snapshot of what it feels like to be in your body calm. Love it. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Do. Because you, then you know what it feels like and you're like, okay, yes, I can get to that feeling again. Like, That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And you know you have control over it because you just brought yourself there in that moment. Yes. Yes. Isn't it fun? The thing is, is anxiety is so can be so debilitating and overarching. And I think the more people who are talking about 
you know, you can get control of what's going on in your mind a little bit, like you're saying, you know, it's going to be still talking, the, the better we all do. And then the more we teach it to our kids. And because mm-hmm. uh, I sort of felt grew up feeling like I had no control and that my mind that my mind ruled me. So mm-hmm. we all did. And and I think it's really important, you know, even having conversations now with my parents who are um, dealing with a lot at the moment health wise. Um, I see my mom spin. Man, does she spin the yeah. what ifs and the where's and the how's. And I try to help her. Um, but um, it's really hard because that's what she knows and she's in her 70s. And so it's really, I mean, it's not like you can't teach a dog, you know, an old dog new tricks. She can definitely learn, but it's very interesting to see how I can recognize where I learned it from. Mm-hmm. So um, me, now being able to help her is really important too. And also, you know, the next generation and, and so forth. So we can try to, yeah, try not to be so debilitated by, by it. And again, it's a daily struggle. I mean, this is not something, you know, I, I, talk, I talk a lot about it um, and it definitely helps me on a daily basis, but I definitely still have my days. I definitely still have my days. And that's important to recognize too, is that, you know, it's okay to have days where it just isn't, you just aren't able to kind of get back in the driver's seat and that's okay too. Right. And recognize that, you know what, okay, I'm having a bad day today. Look at right. my mind is just going a little bit crazy maybe I can just be a little bit nicer to myself today and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and probably be, yes. I think there's so much of it that's biological too. Um, And so all of that is so interesting and a whole nother conversation. Um, Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Hear what you thought about all of that too. Okay. But we are at the end of our time, sadly, because I have about 25 more questions I would like to ask you. But (laughs) Can you, can you remind people again, um, what, uh, where can they find more information about your program? Sure. So you can learn more about me and the program at thepathtoserenity.com. And I did, um, I did remember the Michael Singer book. It was called The Untethered Soul, The Journey Beyond Yourself. So that really was the, the starting point for me when I read that book. So I would recommend that as your first read, too. <laughs> That's great. And you know, what's so funny is I have never read it and I have it waiting for me to pick it up at the library right now. So oh, get out of town. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that? <laughs> that's the universe. Hello. Yeah. That's a great book to read. Yep. You know, and then um, just real quick too, Chris, and the other book that, that I absolutely have, I have multiple copies of because I keep giving it away and needing to buy my own um, is a book called um, when things fall apart. So when things fall apart, Heart Advice for Difficult Times by Pema Chodron. Okay. And um, that book changed my life for sure. So between those two books, those are really great resources. And then, of course, um, going to the website, thepathtoserenity.com, where you can find out more about me. Yay. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's been a delight talking to you. Thank you for sharing some really practical um, tools and reminders about the things we can do to start um, – not living from a place of anxiety, but having it be in the backseat, as you, as you would say. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I really am grateful to be able to share this with everybody. Thank you. And listeners, thanks to all of you for being here and listening and really being interested in, in what it takes to becoming um, better and happier versions of yourself. And between now and next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and to transform the world. 
Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 